Hi, you're listening to the Birthday Bros Kickball Podcast, where we talk about all things kickball in Lawrence, Kansas. The LFK, the KVKL. Enjoy. My name is David Owens. And I'm Simon Skinner. We are the Birthday Bros. And we have with us today six-time champion Bree Kester. Kester, we got it. And we have Paul Santos. The Cuban Wonder, also also a champion. One-time champion. One-time champion. It's more than me. How many That's true. Are you? How many are you, Simon? I have two. I have two. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're, we're very happy to have you guys, and we appreciate you coming on. Yeah, today we're actually going to be talking about fundamentals of kickball. So what that means is we're going to actually walk through each position, uh, talk about different attributes, about uh, maybe what, if you're looking where to put someone. Uh, how you play the position, some mistakes you can make if you're a first-timer, and then we'll dive into some of the more advanced once you feel like you've uh, become more and more familiar with the position. So right out of the gate, we want to hop right into our six-time champion, (laughs) Brianne, at pitcher. Who maybe most commonly plays pitcher? What do you feel like they have to be good at? Well, I think um, in the league... Uh, this is a position that really could go 50-50 when it comes to gender. I think a lot of we have a lot of teams that do male and a lot of teams that do female. Um, so I really think it just depends on your team. I think it really can go either way. Um, the team I play for, we do um, have a female pitcher, myself. Um, what else did you want to do? Yeah, so what, I mean, what's maybe important things that a pitcher should have? Like, think, so why would you put someone at the pitcher position? So uh, I think a pitcher needs to be a, a strong leader, even if it's a quiet leader, but a strong leader. Someone who keeps keeps their head. I think that's really important. You need to have a good mental focus, um, especially with all the different rules, you know, pitcher getting the ball back, inside the diamond, stopping a play. So even, even knowledgeable. Yes, just someone who really understands the game, keeps their head, um, all of that mental stuff. I think that's really important. Um, and then I think there are the physical attributes. You know, one, can you pitch the ball? Um, can that's, you? Are you versatile in how you pitch? Can that you? skill is debatable. <laughs> I think if you can pitch the ball, <laughs> some people struggle pitching. I've seen it. So is that on purpose? Uh, I think some are and some aren't. <laughs> <laughs> but I I think that you have to be able to um, you know pitch a ball. This is a league where pitches can be requested, so you need to be able to kind of accommodate to the best of your ability. Um, and then you have to be quick on your feet. Um, you got, you're going to get balls that fly back at you real fast. So you have to be quick on your feet and smart with where you're going to make a play if the ball comes to you. Um, so we've got some leadership. Could be quiet. We've got game knowledge. Mental stability. Mental stability, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then quick on your feet. Yeah. I think that's pretty good. Uh, kind of encapsulates that. Yeah, I mean, just that, like, not to release the ball because... You know, like if the person's running to like Mm -hmm. run to the base and step on it, things like that, because, you know, like as soon as that ball is gone, that person's running. So, right. So how about just how you play the position? How I personally play the position? Yeah. So uh, right after that first pitch. Yeah. So walk me me through where your mind kind of goes. Well, so physically, um, I definitely am like a lunge pitcher and I take a step forward and I grew up playing tennis so I kind of I don't know if anybody plays tennis but you kind of are bouncing and you take that initial step with both feet I kind of do the same thing I'm set with both feet Um, and then but before I even get to that spot I always think about what would I do if I get the ball in this play what would I do where would I go with it Um, so I'm pretty much ready mentally pitch the ball both feet are ready and set for a ball that could come directly to me um, if I get the ball, then great, hopefully I can make that play. And if I don't get the ball, I always shadow where the ball goes or where the ball should be going for a play for an out. So if it's kicked towards left field, I'm shadowing towards that direction, um, whether it's because I'm going to back up a cutoff throw or be ready to get the ball to stop a play. So, so, so right after you pitch, mm-hmm. ball is bunted, let's say, to third. Okay. Third makes the throw to first. Where are you moving to? I'm moving towards first. Okay, just to end the play, essentially? Yep, to end the play. How about if somebody's on first? I will definitely still, again, shadow towards where the ball's kicked in case I need to stop the play. Or it kind of depends, because if they're going to make a play, ideally to second, in my mind, right, that's where you probably would try to go. I'm going to shadow towards second, because I'm either going to be backing up as the ball's thrown infield, 
um, or I'm there to get the ball immediately to stop the play. So what about before the ball's kicked? Where are you? Where are your tendencies to go? Like if there's a runner on first, for example. For me, the tendency is going to be most likely to go to first base to take the out. If the ball is kicked to me at pitcher, uh, I think you the best angle that you have is going to first. However, depending on who the runner is on first going to second, if it's somebody who I feel like I have enough time that I can make that 180 degrees spin and throw to second, I mm. might try it. But that would be on a very rare occasion. I think that can actually go into uh, kind of the mistakes that you might make if it's your first time as a pitcher, um, or it could even go into the advanced side of it. But let's talk about some mistakes. Like, so biggest problems people can make right out of the gate if you put them at pitcher. What's like the do not do this? Don't cross the line when you pitch. <laughs> Beyond that, I'm just saying that is the first So that's one. a rule. That's a um, rule. But uh, be not being able to field the ball. If the ball comes to you, be able to pick it up so that you can make a play. If you're fumbling and you miss the pickup and you're just constantly fumbling, you, you've completely missed out on a, the play. Um, so that's the first thing is just always make sure you can field the ball. Stop the play. Um, another big mistake is just not knowing what to do with it once you get it. So always knowing what, what base to go to. If you can get a lead runner, take the lead runner. If not, making sure you can get the sure out. Because if you get the ball at pitcher, I feel like you have a very, you're right in the center. You've got, you have a play to make, just knowing where to take it. Yeah. And Santos, I think, I can't remember if we talked about this on, or on the show or before we were kind of discussing things, but you talked about just making the throw, like as a pitcher, like not making the throw, right? Exactly that. There's times that are not, you should hold on to the ball because you might want to get the out. Going it, it just pretty much opens up a big can where you're just like everybody starts to move like if there's multiple people on base mm -hmm. so it's best just to hold let that one person get one more base you know like if but I think a lot of people they just want to make a play and then that just screws everything over right yeah I think that's a great point too so one thing that you talked about was making the 180 yeah to throw to second uh, one thing that I've seen a lot of pitchers that I view as kind of the next level is when a ball is kicked straight to them and there's a person on first and they let the ball go by straight to another player. Is that too risky for you? Personally, yes. Uh, if I'm always gonna go for a play. Like if the ball's near me, I'm gonna make the play because I don't I can't I don't have eyes in the back of my head. So I have no idea where my teammates are because I trust them implicitly, but I have no idea if they're gonna be there. Right. And so always make the play. If you miss it, then hopefully there's someone right behind you and they can make the play. So what might be one thing once you feel like you've been doing it for a really long time that you would say, hey, here's something a little next level to think about? Uh, don't be afraid to get down on your knees and catch those low balls that come at your ankles. Gotcha. Um, I think that's valid. Um, and don't be afraid, like I said, and make turn on and do the 180 play if it's the right play to make at second. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. How about, uh, Paul, third base? You want to talk about uh, maybe some attributes that a, a good third baseman might, might have? This is kind of a uh, very athletic position, it feels like. Well, you have to be able to charge a bunt. You have to be able to throw out somebody at first. You have to pretty much, it's with the same thing with the pitchers, just being able to, it's to be able to think about every play that's happening I think about uh, I pretty much yell out exactly what you know like what base we're going for you know like we're going for second going for first but it's being able to be physical enough to get an out on any base because you're pretty much the person that has to uh, run up to catch almost like that those in-between shots and also not throw <laughs> that's that thing I think that mo most third basemen that they have that problem that they try to throw it at first, you know, and then that person that was running to second now is at third. <laughs> so knowing that I'm not going to make that play, hold the ball. I think that patience is really important in that position. Do we feel like there's some overlap maybe between the skills that make a good pitcher and a good third baseman? Yeah, I mean, you're like, <laughs> how? what's the, the, <laughs> like the distance between, you know, depending on... If you're hugging that line, you know, like up front, it's it is uh, pretty much the same. But it's just usually the 
that arm strength just to try to like I have the weirdest throw in the probably in the league the uh, like that goalie throw that you know like after you use your body you don't yeah. use your arm as much yeah so yeah that, that's probably a huge difference third base definitely have, probably has a better arm than than pitcher I'd say the commonality is just like being able to pick up a ball off the ground which I that's not my forte so I, I would never start myself at first or pitching because I can't bend over and pick up a ball really well I'll, I'll bobble it every time and so you know that's you have to put someone who can actually do that and it takes it takes time I mean even some people who aren't good at first they can learn it but others like you just know innately that they're not going to be good at that position so and also you know like you can pop up the ball you know like I think that there's a lot of people that try to do too much with their hands that you're just like hey another player can make a play as long as oh, like you volley it yeah it's like yeah. you just make it a playable ball advanced yourself. that's advanced level that's yeah. advanced level <laughs> santos you're really good at that i would that's, say yeah see my brain never goes to that i never think to volley it i don't yeah. know i don't know what's six championships that's the difference. <laughs> i mean i don't play third base nor should i ever play third base but i just that's just not my natural reaction like yeah. i always go for I don't know. Maybe I should try it. Maybe it could be a new open. Let me know. Different thing well, it gives it. you a second chance, pretty much, where it's like you know, like that little. It gives the that strain of the first play where it's like boom, and then you can just catch it. Yeah, because because if you knock it down trying to catch it, then you you're back to that point of trying to pick up a ball really right. low off the ground again. Whereas you can actually make a catch if you kind of volley it up. Let's uh, talk about where you stand. Okay, so this I've seen a lot of different people take. Uh, different approaches on that side. So I've seen people crowd uh, third baseline. Mm-hmm. I've seen people line up in the middle. Uh, what, what's your approach on why people stand in certain spots? Well, it depends on who they think is going, like the placement of the kicker. If they think that the, play, the kicker is going to kick it down the line, you know, like then they would hug that line and then see about trying to force them to try to kick it to short, you know. That's also dependent on who your shortstop is. Because if you know that you have uh, good communication between you, you can kind of shift one way or the other, depending. But usually, I kind of go somewhat in the middle, just in case, because, you know, how many people have scouting reports? I mean, besides, uh, <laughs> besides <laughs> to be able to go like, this person, 55% of the time goes this way, six, or was it 45 goes the other way? And it's sure. Like, yeah, who has time for that? <laughs> Apparently we do. <laughs> One guy. <laughs> so, so normally you, you find just the, the distance between the pitcher and then third ba- and the third baseline? Yeah, it's just trying like that. If you think that the person's just going to go straight down the line, just hug, go a little bit more towards the, you know, like the foul line on the, or is it the third baseline? If not, then move a little bit over. If you think, because... And also, you can kind of oscillate a little bit, you know, like go a little bit for, like, pretend you're doing one thing, then move back. So that's something that, you know, like that, because the kicker's only looking at you once. <laughs> and then after they're, like, they're going to kick, you can, you know, shift around. So, so that's something you can kind of use them uh, what about, in their head. What about how you charge? So um, I know some people charge straight in and then angle towards the first baseline. I know that some people go more straight down the third baseline. Um, what's your the mentality behind how how do you charge? How do you think most third basemen do it? Uh, I think it's mainly about what their gait is. You know, like if they have a good like uh, if they're like really fast, how fast their hands get down. You know, like for me, I pretty much have like a little bit of a swoop. You know, like trying to be at that same time you're trying to go towards the base, and if you're going straight at an angle you're giving yourself the least amount of uh, space to be able to try to make that throw to first. So you kind of candy cane. Yeah. Make make the J run. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. so that you can have a little bit of momentum going towards that base. What do you think about biggest mistakes as a third baseman? You're brand new. Step into third base. You've obviously, you got to make throws. Can I just chime in real quick? Um, I guess that's not a mistake, but uh, the bounce pass is not... It's uh, underrated. Is that what I'm going for? The pass mm-hmm. is underrated. If you're a third baseman and you're struggling with your throw, you're overthrowing, you're not throwing quite right, you can make a great hard type of bounce pass and still get it to first and throw it out. So just want to plug that the bounce pass is a, a one-armed bounce Keeps pass. Keeps it from soaring over your yeah. third baseman, which can really lead to runs. And... Yes. So it's definitely something to maybe 
put in your arsenal or try it a few times and see how it goes. Especially if it's windy, which I think that that's one of those things that, you know, like, hey, as long as the ball is down, but if you're going to throw a wild ball and then that ball's wherever, you know, mm -hmm. I think that that's, a, that's probably, I would say, one of the biggest mistakes is that, you know, not being in control of the throw. You try to throw it so hard that you're out of control and that ball just goes wherever. Mm -hmm. So it's like the whole thing is, is your first baseman going to catch it? And if you're throwing it like that, at that degree, you're pretty much giving like a, a ball that could have been like a 80% out to a 50-50 to 40 just because you're, I think that that goes with trying to make a play that you probably shouldn't be making because if you're trying that hard to make that play, you probably should have held on to it. Okay. And I, th I think the best third basemen in our league, they, you know, they play to their strengths. Like you have someone like Lou who he's not like super quick and low to the ground. He's more of like, he just, he is so, um, I guess his demeanor, he's always calm, collected. He makes the play. He gets the ball and throws the ball. He doesn't like hype out. He doesn't overcharge. Um, you have someone like my third baseman who's like really fast. So he's always constantly like just going at, going at the ball, you know? So he plays at his strengths. I mean, it, there's ways to like, you know, just kind of squeeze out your talents to make yourself a good third baseman. You just have to have those fundamentals down. So would you say biggest mistake may be the making a play when it doesn't need to be had? Uh, yeah, and also just being aware of what's the most important out. Like if you can get the lead runner out, just go for it. Because sometimes people throw it to first when there's an out at third <laughs> because they because not being aware of like where the runners are at to try to make that play. So that they would not make the out at first, but they would make the out like just running straight back. Sure. Well, let's, uh, let's hop into the old outfield, Simon. Mm -hmm. You want to walk us through uh, attributes? <laughs> um, honestly, I think number one attribute, you can be kind of slow, but if you can track a ball, then you you have a heads up on everybody. Because, I mean, and I say track a ball like off the kick. Like when the ball hits their foot and you know where it's going to go. Um, and then at that point, being able to like adjust to wind, um, adjust to how the ball's carried before, you know, like in practice and you see warmth, you kind of see, you can kind of see how the ball carries. Um, but I say the number one attribute is, is reading the ball. Now I, I will say some of that can be made up with speed alone. Oh, hundred percent. So if you're just okay at tracking a ball, but you are really fast, that can make up, so youth, yeah, versus age. Yeah, I mean it's kind of like when you have like the, an, like an avatar for a video game, like and you're building up your skills, you know, like you have to. Mm -hmm. There's a give and take. So as you get older, it's like you have to have more of like reading the Knowledge. ball skill, ball. and all that speed's just going. You didn't have to point at Simon. And age, that's something that the the audience isn't. Yeah. All right. So what about? You want to just start with center field, talk about where you usually line up, um, how you kind of assess that side of it? So for one, um, I guess look at where the wind's going. If the wind's going more towards the right field, then you want to adjust to the the left side of... If you're facing, you want to face towards the left side of, of the second base. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah, so, so, you're, like, so you're facing home, you want second base to be to your right you're between first and second. You're between first and second. Outfield. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. But so, still hugging towards second. Right. So that's one thing. So you think about the wind. Uh, you think about the kicker. Like, if you know they have a tendency to kind of drop liners in, then you're playing shallow. If you know they can crush the ball, then you probably want to play a little deeper. Um, you also want to be able to see the ball. Like, you don't want to have the pitcher, like, obstructing your view of the ball hitting the kicker's foot because then you're already at a disadvantage. So that's, I mean, that's how you start. I think that's a, a great basic way to, to look at somebody just standing out there. Now, I will ask, uh, when you look at how far back from the infield you play, mm -hmm. is there a good way that you gauge, all right, where should I, as a, as a starting point? You know, are you like 30 steps back? Are you like where there's a light pole out in the field, you know, lined up with that? Or do you have any way that, I know you've done it for so long that you may have not thought about yeah. this. Um, I, I think it's really relative to the field because I always think about it as the grass line. 
And the grass lines vary a lot between field to field that we play on. Mm-hmm. So I guess you would have to think about it more about how far back you are from second base. You want to make sure you're there for a warm-up because you want to see how the ball's carrying. And that kind of gives you an idea of where you should be standing. Yes, yeah, so I think that'd be a, a watch the warm-up, uh-huh. see where some of the balls are falling. Um, in your mind, would you rather get burned by a ball or would you rather put pressure on a ball? So would you rather uh, initially be standing too far back or would you want to be standing a little closer? If there's nobody on, I'm going to be more inclined to kind of pressure the ball. Now, is and... this advanced or is this, you think, just some basics? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I, think it's, I think it's basic. Like so, I mean, you don't want to like give them that easy single. So you don't you don't want to give them too much space. Like you you have to like, I guess take that risk. Sure. Because there's no one on, so they're not going to score more than one run if they burn you. So you can kind of take that risk of like, okay, I'm not going to give them that easy single. I also think those scouting in the beginning of the game, right? Like to know, like if you if it's your first time playing and you don't know who Simon is, and you push up on that, you're probably going to get smoked, right? But if you also go too deep, he's probably going to drop it right in front of you. <laughs> so, yeah. Just warning you. So what damned would if you do? Damned if you don't. Yeah. Uh, what would you say the biggest mistakes uh, an outfielder could make? H- holding the ball too long, like they make a catch and they're like, "Yeah, I caught the ball," and like meanwhile the base runners have tagged up and they're all scoring it's like hey get the ball to the pitcher like immediately so if there's if there's a tag up situation and you catch a ball don't hold it unless you're like right behind the runner then you can kind of chase them down or whatever like say you're at center field there's a run on second yeah sure like hold the ball and like chase them with the ball so that they're you're not like throwing it around but if you're deep and you catch a ball oh my god throw it to the pitcher like immediately yeah, because to stop the bleeding. Also, I would just say on that note, know what your arm strength is. <laughs> yeah. So um, I I played right field and I knew a guy was tagging up on third, and I was like, I can throw this to home, and I was like, Nah, can I? You know what I mean? Like, were there, depending... other, were there other base runners? Yeah, or just yeah. Him? So there okay, were, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, the smart play for me would have been just to go on ahead, eat the run, and throw it to second. Mm-hmm. But instead, I threw it. I threw it to home, and they scored, and he advanced. It was hot mess, but right. you, so, you learn. So that's important, knowing your arm strength in each of those outfield positions, and then knowing if you don't have the arm strength, who's your cutoff? Like, who's mm-hmm. your designated cutoff when things happen like that? Mm-hmm. They also need to know they are they the cutoff. They need to know they're the cutoff, and you have that set up beforehand. That's that's kind of important. So talk, I mean. Yeah, yeah. communication. So that that's a mistake, not talking. Like, okay. not talking to your teammates is a huge mistake. You want to know what you're going to do before each play and then communicate that. So one other thing I will say, so as far as right and left field, um, in playing, what, how far do you want to play close to the line Uh in between? I would just say you can kind of control, uh, the center fielder can control which direction you want a person to kick. Mm -hmm. If you slide to your right, you are going to drive them to left field most of the time. Uh, Or if you slide to the left, you're going to say, hey, kick it over to the right side. Right. Uh, and that may be a little more advanced. Yeah, like baiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're baiting. Yeah, that knowledge. But I think I think all the advanced players at this point, offense and defense, they know that. So like they know he's trying to bait me there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> so it's yeah. The uh, only other thing would be if you're in right field, look to back up first. Uh, that's just one thing that over time, the more and more you do it. That overthrow and, from third to first. And every throw, yeah. Because you, you get a tendency to get lazy, and you're like, I don't need to back up that throw. I'm going to lay down. You're right. <laughs> I'm going to lay, lay on a blanket. <laughs> that happens, folks. <laughs> All right. I'm not saying any names. You know who you are. <laughs> well, let's go into uh, first base. So what do we view as, obviously, these are now positions that we do not play. But what are uh, maybe some attributes that would be important for a first baseman? Height and hands. Like, just be having good hands. Is you have to catch the ball. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Number one thing, be able to catch the ball <laughs> over and over and over. Mm-hmm. Sure-handedness. That's yeah. it. Do you guys have a, a – who do you think the best first baseman in the league is? Who he, plays first for the Rats? Who is Ryan this? Julian. I feel like he's, a yeah, very, he's a very like, he is an epitome of a first baseman. He's so tall. Yeah. He has such good stretch. I mean, you could throw that ball pretty bad, and he probably would get it. 
I, I would say like in the past, CJ has been a great first baseman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Giant, Agreed. giant hands. He's hard to kick around as well. He yeah. just has. He's a hard body to get anything around. Yeah. Whether you're throwing to him or trying to kick at him or anything. Mm-hmm. So hands, that makes sense, right? Yeah. Um, how about where you stand? So if there's no one on, I've seen a lot of people play scoot in, so in front of the first baseline. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's yeah. different from my team. That's because of how we position our rover. So where does... Our first baseman will stand deeper, um, behind more a little bit more behind first base, but that's because we have a rover position that's on the first base bunt line. Yeah, so it forces the kicker... If they're going to kick over the rover... The first baseman's deep enough to where they can catch that like kind of lousy single. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts though on where a person should be standing? Do we think that that's better than somebody being a little closer? Situ- that, situational. Yeah, because if you have a solid kicker that can kick right field, you don't you want to kind of give that those couple steps mm-hmm. because you'd rather not give us double or a triple yep. based off of you, you know, like not being close enough to the play. I think that having first base or the first baseman too far in front of first in any way isn't really helping your team because you have catcher and you have a pitcher. Anything that's at that first baseline, most of the time, one of those two players can get it. And if it's hard enough, then it's already getting to first base. Well, and if you're getting, I would, so I agree with this. Um, and if you're getting burnt that bad, you can always rotate a player up to that. Up to that bunt line if needed. Mm-hmm. So would we say playing just behind the baseline would make more sense? I think so. Unless, situation, unless you have a runner on, you might be right in front of it potentially too. If you have a runner on first going to second, because you don't want to run into that player taking off. Sure. I've definitely had that double play though, where the first baseman's behind, like five feet back from the first base and Catches line drive and you take two steps off, they catch it, tag you. you. Embarrassing. Yeah. I'm just sharing like personal all these all these terrible things (laughs) i would say you never want to really play like right up on first base like you're always going to be either back deep from it or off to the side to where you're because you want to get the ball that's not close to first base because you're always going to be able to go to first base to get the out so you just want to give yourself some space i see i see some players that just hug the first base and i'm like why are you doing that it's just nobody wants to nobody's going to try to kick it right down that line very rarely right yeah you have to be really sense. good at kicking that. So yeah, yeah, and so I think the other aspect would be having that throw from first to third would be another attribute of a first baseman. So you want that someone that ha- that has an arm, yeah, a, d- a decent arm. When Marcus was our first baseman, that made it pretty much like when he was a cutoff for that side of the field, he could pretty much make a play almost any part of the, you know, like an infield. Yeah, like so we played the Rats just this past week, and Ryan Julian is our first baseman, and. A lot of times we can go from first to third, you know, because we have that speed. But with Ryan Julian's arm, we weren't doing it. If I, and I warned my team, I was like, do not try to go first to third. You're not going to make it. He'll throw you out. So, I mean, that, that prevented, that kept us from scoring like tons of runs. Just him having that cannon. And the so, quick reaction to, to quick do reaction, it, knowing yeah. that once he got it, it was straight to third. Yep. Smart. Yeah. How about biggest mistakes you can make at first? Holding the ball too long after you the catch and out, yeah, for sure. Okay, I would agree. Uh, I mean, obviously on the injury side, making sure that you're on the right bag. Yes. That's a beginner. If you don't know that, stay on the white. Player gets the orange. Yeah. And I think making the play like so, if you can't control the ball, make sure like that you have just control of the ball. Like even if you can't make a play, because. Sometimes people are like their their thought process. I I need to catch it, then do something, and they don't catch it. So it's just that thought process of just doing the one thing at a time mm-hmm. because they are at that point where it's like I need to make this play and then make that play. <laughs> so make sure you make the first play before yeah. you try to make the second play. Or yeah. if there's an errant throw to you, like knowing how to make sure you stop it and just stop the play. Don't try to get anything fancy, do anything crazy. Just make sure you stop the ball. If you have to come off the bag and stop the ball do that yeah that's a huge one just not coming off the bag mm-hmm. like there's a lot of overthrows that could be easily prevented if you the first baseman would just take two steps and just catch the ball and then try to go back to first other than trying to just to stretch mm-hmm. out when they're never going to get the ball or do some crazy jump and then you come down on the base wrong you hurt right. yourself and hurt the runner yeah all good how about uh dive into second base we just want to work our way around sure so uh general attributes of a second base Baseman or base woman. 
There are a lot of base women there. <laughs> Does any team play a second base per man? Do we know any teams that put a man at second base? I can't think of any off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. No, I can't. I can't <laughs> think of any either. I mean, I, I think situationally it happens, but it's never a set position. Yeah. I think a good attribute of a second base person is um, one knowing how to make a play, whether they're needing to catch the ball and stay off the bag or they're needing to go to the bag to make a play and understanding is this a force out do I need my foot on the bag or is this not a force out I can take my foot off the bag and actually have more room to catch a ball make a play on the player so it's, it's a really situational kind of player reading the situation and being able to adjust to it and what's their responsibility because if it's kicked to the shortstop you know like that they're covering if it's kicked to them you know like guess because well, I think that there's a lot of confusion sometimes between center field shortstop and second because of miscommunication or no communication well yeah let's go to let's go to the where so as far as attributes go as far as being able to field ground balls Feel uh, hard, but also make catches. Yeah, and, and make catches. But under, I think really understanding like the, the rules of baseball in the sense of like the situation of a play. Yeah. Okay. At second, knowing what to do. Yeah, because like say you have a person who doesn't know, they don't think about getting the lead runner out, so they're like trying to decide, do I do it the first or second? And they have a choice, and they go to first instead of second. That can cause like a person going to third and or home, you know. And so maybe knowing what to do when you get the ball. Or even yeah. or even. The fact that maybe you run to second. Some people, I mean, I don't see this often, but if you're a new player, you don't always have to go. You're not always responsible for covering second base even though you play second base. So if you're constantly running to second and you miss fielding a ball for some reason, I mean, that, that's on you. It's really sure. knowing when do I field, when do I cover second. So Where do I stand on second base when there's runners coming? Yeah, why don't we go, before we dive into that, why don't we go, where does this person stand just in general? So is this between just between first and second base? Is that? Mm. Well, I guess it really depends on who your first baseman is, because like mm-hmm. if your first baseman plays just a little bit closer, you know what I mean? It's it's really that uh, that relationship because if that person moves a little bit over, you know, like there's some crazy first basemans out there. That so in my mind, um, I I like to think of it in triangles or like linear like make it equal distance and so I would look at where your pitcher is and where your first baseman is and then I would try and fill fill the distance between them so like ours is a little different again we play that butt line on first Mm -hmm. base so ours is more of a triangulation between the butt line player and the pitcher so you probably are hugging second a little bit more on our team than maybe you would on other teams who don't play that position sure now with that um if you are going in between, are you playing in front of the line or are you playing behind the baseline? Um, behind the baseline, if there's a gentleman kicking, and typically I will be more towards the front of the baseline if there's a female kicking. Yeah, because you're, you always want to stay relative to your outfield, so the outfield's going to be pushing in if there's a female kick, or mm-hmm. not even just a female, just someone who can't kick as hard. Yeah. Could be me. Um, right. Based on everything I've been saying. Yeah. I'll, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so if I'm up, it's definitely you're in front of that one. Right. Second base. Yeah, so either way, it's like you're trying to create that like triangulation or equilibrium between all the players around you. So you have to be aware of where your teammates are. So if you do not have a bump block, you may be more in Sun- the middle, mm-hmm. centered. And depending on if it is a weaker kicker versus a stronger kicker, you will be in front or behind. And then if there is no one... Now, on the base, and we've got somebody kicking, and it comes to you, it's just going to first. Yeah. This is when we get into when there's a person on first. And I think that this is when we run into some areas where um, mistakes can happen because it can be knowledge, it can be blocking the base path, is a very common thing that happens. Um, so let's talk about blocking the base path first and where you should be standing on the bag. Well, with blocking the base path, as a defender, if the ball is going straight to you, you have the right to field that ball. The runner has to avoid you. So, I mean, before the ball's kicked, you can be anywhere, really. You can be in the base path. But if the once the ball's kicked and it's not going to you, you you have you have to get out of the way of the base path. You know what I mean? So, somewhat be aware of where the base player, the first 
person on first may be running. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what about if you're going to be making a play on second? This has been kind of a I've I've seen this a lot. A lot of people will rotate towards second. There will not be a play, and then they will block that the base. Not intentionally. Like like they have the ball. So they don't have the ball. But oh, they're they like, the hey, ball. I'm going to rotate to make a play on second if someone's going to throw it here. So they go to cover the bag in case the ball gets thrown to them at second. And then it ends up blocking the base. So they end up standing there. Oh, okay. So you. you so they have a right to the base. It just they need to be in the right position on the base. Yeah, if there's foot, a runner coming. They're foot there and then so extended all, so all de- not covering the base. It depends on where the ball is kicked because the runner gets a certain technically base path and then the defender gets a certain base path. What is the actual... Is there an actual rule on that? So the defender gets gets whatever path they can take if, if they are making the first initial play on the ball. So we're talking if the ball's getting thrown to a second. Like if you're the defender on second with your foot on the bag. Oh, well then you need to, you need to give the base runner... Like enough enough space to hit the bag. Does it need to be inside or outside? Do we know? You should be outside. outside. Yeah, you can't be within the like. The runner should be the inside. Get the inside. Yeah, path. the runner should get the inside path exactly. So like if if a ball hypothetically goes to left field and your second baseman runs to to cover the bag, they should be on the outer left corner. Okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the runner should be able to come on the inside. Now, honestly, I find most of us round the. The base pretty high but that should technically get them to where they can still round and touch the base yeah now most if the ball goes to center and your second baseman is covering it they should be on the very point that points to center that should be their proportion per, per and then the runner gets the inside and then typically your second base probably isn't going to be covering second if the ball goes to right field i mean i would assume a shortstop would cover that but if you are that person make sure you're on the outer right portion of the bag facing towards right field so wherever the ball is kicked, that's the corner you're standing on. And the runner should take the inside lane. I played second some, too. I did <laughs> the pitcher. Did, did you have someone get in your base path this recently? Uh, I did. I did. Yeah. But I also didn't know what the actual rule is because I do. You run as a, as a runner. I run the inside. And so I looped real hard on the outside. And there was no collision or anything like that. I but. think a lot of runners actually do loop very wide and take a little bit of a wider stance. I think as runners, we need to be mindful that technically we're supposed to be on the inside, and that's what we need to be aiming for. That's maybe a few less steps we have to take. From. I'm a wide runner. I go yeah. like this. Well, uh, well, it's not. It's not about like running wide in between bases. Like you should always be on the ins. You should always be hitting the inside of the bag. Like so, the the, the part of the bag that's closest to home plate is yours. Is yours. Doesn't mean you can't. Like you're, you know, you, you can't arc out. When you you're can't going arc to out because you're going to. I mean, it's a natural progression of your speed. You're not like a robot, like going straight, <laughs> you know, straight lines like that. So, the, yeah. the only other thing that I would bring up about this position is when you are coming into play. A lot of times, that center fielder will call for covering second, mm-hmm. and so just make sure there's communication that if the ball is, if there's a person on first. Uh, know between the shortstop, yourself, and center fielder who is who is going to be covering the back. So if the ball is normally kicked to the shortstop, the second baseman rotates over to cover second. If the ball is kicked to the second baseman, rota- the shortstop rotates over. Yeah, yep. it's just very different. Like if you if you grew up playing baseball or softball, like there's not really a world where the center fielder is going to be coming in and covering second. Whereas in kickball, that's like that happens a lot so you just you just have to communicate so let's talk about shortstop then leads right into that we can talk about some some attributes of that player because this one has i think uh kind of developed over time into what it has been i don't know for happy shirt or lawrence lawrence shirt factory, shirt factory. <laughs> thank the you shirt. the shirts the shirts uh if it's always been as far as i can remember we've always had a male uh, shortstop why has that been? Um, you know, I don't know for sure. It's just kind of how it's been. We have our ladies in our the spots we are, and it, that works for us. Um, I will say, I personally think a gentleman at shortstop or a lady with a really great arm. So someone with a good arm, because that is a great spot for leadoff kickers, um, for moving runners. Shortstop is a great place to put a ball. So having someone who can catch, but also still make a good play to first with an arm. I mean, I know that when I get up to kick, if um, I'm needing to lead off, 
I'm I'm looking to see who's at shortstop. If I see Richard at shortstop, probably don't want to go there. He's probably going to be able to throw me out. <laughs> Dave, if you're at shortstop, I might try you. Yeah. <laughs> just, just <messing> <laughs> I, did, I did it last year. and You just told me you didn't gosh. have an arm. <laughs> well, yeah. I think that would be either your strongest arm or your second strongest no, arm would be the shortstop. Because Agreed. depending on if you have that person at third base. Because it's pretty much almost having a, a second third baseman there. Because they're able to get the cutoff to go to first and also be, you know, like either probably the cutoff for outfield. You know, like there's plenty of reasons to have that really strong arm there because it can kind of just like limit damage on that side of the field. And it's not even just strength of arm, which is important, but it's accuracy. Mm-hmm. Like you want your strong and accurate. Like outfield, obviously accurate throws, but you need to have catch and then just have an arm in. Like you can mm-hmm. chuck the ball. Yeah. But no, so not so much accuracy. So the shortstop and third accuracy of throw is really important. I will say that you also, you see a female at shortstop also. And one thing that I think that overlaps with that is that you do have overlap in the rotation side of it. So if you have people that are familiar with second base, they have a general understanding of that that can transfer over to shortstop. Yeah. Just with the exception of you may not be able to make the throw like you would at second to first. Yeah. So I think some of that knowledge as far as rotations and things like that, if a person is comfortable at shortstop, they can probably play second. I think an important part, too, is oftentimes that shortstop and even second to some extent are often your cutoff throws. So someone who understands that the other cutoff throw, who can then also make a throw home if you're needing to do that, um, that might be another reason maybe we we have a a gentleman at at shortstop is that they play that cutoff for outfield, essentially. So so who's your shortstop? Good old Tyler. (laughs) A gentleman. A gentleman. So so I think that kind of plays into, like, who your pitcher is, you know? Like, so a lot, if you have a female pitcher, then you're typically going to have a strong-arm shortstop male. Okay. I think that's a good point. Yeah. So if you have maybe a male pitcher, you could, there could be a a female shortstop. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think of, like, Chalmers, they have candle pans pitches, and they do a female shortstop. So, a good example. Yeah. is there a, let's talk about lining up in front of the base path or behind uh, in a situation like this. So, if there is no one on, would you have that shortstop playing in front of the baseline? Or would you say behind? I think it really depends on if you feel like the kicker has a good, you know, like that is going to hit a gap or, you know, like if you feel that that person has any kind of placement, that person might play a little bit further back. If not, then. They might push forward to try to get that out at first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, this is a tough one. I feel like you—it's really situational. Yeah, it's like personnel based. Like you look at who's kicking specifically, and their tendencies, and you base off of that. Okay. Yeah, I can't really. I, the, the only thing I will say about uh, like with shortstop is that if there's going to be an out at second, uh, you really are not gaining anything by being in front of the baseline. Because if that ball is kicked, gapped in between there, and it comes to you, then you've got an out at second. But if you were playing in front of the baseline and it goes over you... So if there's a run on first, then you're saying... Play deeper. Play deeper. Play behind the line. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that makes sense. But if you've got a first kicker up, I would say in front of the line. Yeah, and give them... I mean, I think in front of the line, give a little pressure, because they typically will be wanting to be the left side of the field. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So create the pressure, close the gaps a little more. Uh, Biggest mistake you could make at shortstop... I think it's the same almost as third baseman. Like yeah, mistakes. making that throw when you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, we want to go into the rover, essentially. Yeah. There's different faces of the rover, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the two most popular behind third baseman rover and then the bunt line rover. Does anyone, does any team play a different rover spot? I, I think we we will shift like behind third base to behind first if like there's like a lot of wind in right field mm-hmm. and you know the situation calls for a right field kick, then we'll switch. Mm-hmm. But And you guys will switch too and bring the butt line person up. You guys will do that. You kind yeah. of move your rover around a bit more. Right. I've yep. also seen adding the rover to into four, four outfielders. outfielders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think that benefits some teams that they don't have the, the strength of their three, uh, what was it, outfielders. Mm-hmm. That having that fourth one kind of helps just to be able to cover those gaps mm-hmm. and get those 
uh, get the actual gappers, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that's a real team by team preference on what works for your team. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the rover then that uh, usually lines up between or behind the third baseman. Um, what is, I guess, what are some things that they need to know how to do? Cover third when the Bat- pitcher, when the catcher, sorry, third baseman, my position, uh, is running forward. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that they're able to uh, just know that they have to cover that base. If, On a say, force out. Right. How about, let's go back even to the basic of that. Where is that person standing uh, when they play the position? Because one thing that actually bothers me is when they stand right on the line. Because in my mind, I will always say if you have the ability to use your legs, think about how fast you can go to cover the line and take about that many steps over. Yeah, make make the line another defender, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it is dependent too a little bit on the fields you play on. Like we just played on one of the Holcomb right and left fields, and that field is so tiny. So you have to be very mindful that if you're playing off a certain amount, like where's your left fielder? Are you kind of blocking them? Is it going to create a weird triangle stance? So being smart, but it's on some of the fields are much bigger, so you have a much more you have a lot more room to work with. And then obviously you're standing off of third behind third base a handful of feet. Yeah, gotcha. So. Um, and then we said biggest mistakes. It's communication with the with the left fielder and shortstop because there's so many balls that are kind of stuck in that triangle between them. So being able to go like, hey, this is mine, you know, like call the ball because that's something that I don't think rovers, you know, like feel that confidence, you know, like because they're like, I'm roving, like that they feel like, well, okay, the shortstop's coming, I'm going to let it go, you know, is that that they feel comfortable in their position to try to make the play or say that they don't feel comfortable and you know just communicate with the other people on the field. And the, the reason that that position kind of started in my mind was because people were kicking that over the third baseman mm-hmm. down that. And so teams adapted. They started putting a player there. And now teams are slowly starting to adapt because we are bunting. Mm-hmm. And so that takes us to the rover which is like a they call it bump block i think is what we've kind of labeled that as and they line up just to on the first between the first base line and the pitcher yep essentially where the third baseman also would stand essentially yeah um i think this puts a lot of pressure on a kicker i mean you're closing the gaps so i think that's one defensive aspect of it um it does help reduce the bunt which is you know a great play, especially a right side bunt when needed. Um, it definitely leaves you know a potential hole over third base, but um, one if you can make that kick and, and nail it, kudos to you. You can have that kick. Like we'll give it to you. Um, but if you have a good if you have a good third baseman, they're usually going to shut down most of that. Plus, you know I think you know a lot of third basemen are kind of scary. <laughs> I look down that line and I'm like, all right, this is can I get this past them? And so as long you know if your third baseman can. You know, I don't know. I don't want to be scary, but you know, be really mm-hmm. tough. It's it's a tough kick to make, and most teams aren't going to get that all the time. You know, they're going to maybe get one, maybe two. But I think it's more of a mental thing than an actual like physical like that. It really helps the game because for me, I would if I see a bump block. You know, if somebody playing that, I will still bunt like either either two in between the pitcher and that player mm-hmm. because then there's confusion there. Right. And like because usually that like the try to get the ball and turn around, mm-hmm. I think that that's just a mental thing that it's not like that that just puts the pressure on the kicker, but it's not an actual thing. Like if you are just relaxed and you do your normal bunt, you'll still probably get on base. Uh, like, I don't know. I mean, I I agree with you. It's kind of a mental thing, and I mm-hmm. totally agree with you. Like. Put in that triangle for sure. That's a tough spot when you've got yeah. three players that all could go for that ball. I think though that um, I don't know. I still think that's tough. I mean, I won't lie. I'm I'm pretty aggressive. I'm gonna take that and I'm gonna call for my bump blocker and take it. Um, but there's also teams. I mean, you look at KTC. You got Kenny pitching. He doesn't need a bump blocker. Kenny is like a bump blocker and a pitcher <laughs> together. Right. right. So it all depends on where you're personnel it is we put me as a female at pitcher and that bump blocker helps a lot up there you know preventing it is um, it is it's taking a kick away mm-hmm. is, is what the point of it is yeah. um it's kind of like in volleyball when you have blocks at the net what they're doing is trying to take away lanes and that's what this is trying to do take away a lane or make condense that lane down 
Uh, what about what's kind of the biggest mistake you could make at that position? A bad throw. Not fielding the ball properly and making a really poor throw. <laughs> or in remembering that to make the play at home if the bases are loaded, like not being aware of where you have to make the play. Or knowing when to let your catch have the ball versus you. Your catcher's going to have forward momentum, and therefore it should, in a way, it's kind of their ball first and your second, unless it's kicked far enough to you. Just because you have to pick it up and then turn to throw to first, unless you can tag the runner, obviously. But that's really good communication between catcher, pitcher, and the bump block is really important. Yeah, I would I would say we didn't really talk about you know a mistake you can make as a as a rover, um, and I think it would be undervaluing like your position, like every position in kickball and baseball and softball is like so, mm-hmm. it's so important. And it's like, I think you can undervalue yourself in that position and just kind of space out, you know, and not really be in tune. And the thing is, like, yeah, you have different people with different strengths that play different positions. That's that's what a team is. So um, just making sure that you know you're a part of the team like you're you're needed, very needed. Yeah. So There's a lot of plays that happen right in that position. Yeah, a I lot. That, that, yeah. that one catch will could completely change the dynamic of a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, it's all about the personnel where where they're at. So there are times when the rover behind third is the best thing because maybe your pitcher can cover. And unfortunately, I'm not a pitcher who can maybe cover all of that. So having someone help me and we, you know, we leave that spot behind third open because it works better for us this way. So it's all about the value of your players and where they're going to make your team the best by placing them. Yeah, and, and not feel like you always have to change, like if you have one bad inning, Feel like you have to change everything every right. single time because I think that that's a typical thing that people do is that they see one mistake and then they go like, well, we got to change everything. And it's just like, no, I just test it out for a little while. If it keeps on messing up, then change it. But don't feel just because you have a bad inning that that's a bad formation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that with the rover, uh, you may get fewer plays than uh, obviously like a third baseman, but that kind of goes even into your catcher. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of catchers that will only make two or three plays in a game, but yet we put some of our most skilled players at catcher. You can live and die by the catcher, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think it's also a product of that, though, because like if you have someone who's like super fast and they can they can get every bunt that's close, the reason they're not getting plays is because no one wants, wants to bunt to them. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So, yeah. But so, what would be maybe some uh, attributes of a catcher? Speed. Did we not go over catcher yet? No, we haven't. Okay, we skipped, we skipped it. it. All right. Um, we, we, we went directly to center field. Oh, okay. Yeah. You guys just ruined my transition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you mean I ruined your transition? Uh, I think speed. speed yeah. I think being able to bend over and pick up a ball. So I guess Simon, you won't be playing there, right? No, no, no awful. Um, I think also that quick first step or like um, a good reaction time. Guy kind of be quick out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Left-handed. <laughs> Left-handed, I think is a is a good. I don't know. It's a good attribute. Not necessary, but it's a good attribute. I never really thought about it that way, but I've had both a righty and lefty catchers that I've played with. Who was better? No comment. Who who were they? <laughs> Um, well, last year we had John Peach playing catcher for us, and then many years before that we've been having Adam Braswell, who's our lefty, so he's kind of our go-to. And then before that we've had Steve, Steve Harder used to play oh, catcher before he was third. He's a great, he was a great catcher. I'm trying to think, yeah, he was, he was awesome at catcher. Um, I think those are the main ones that we've had. So I've had a little both. They've, they've all been great in their own ways. So rotation with the ball, meaning where, or where you move with the kick, so to speak. There's obviously some coordination that has to go on. Well, the you talk about speed and like yeah, it's the it's that first step um, because as a catcher you can't move like you're by the rules you you can't move until the ball's kicked. So, so uh, like literally out of the blocks, that first step is so important. Right. So just reading it, I guess. Are you looking to sprint right up the first baseline? If there's no one on first. Where, what's your, I should say, Paul, what's your communication with a catcher on how that works? Well, that he pretty much has the first baseline, and if there's a ball that's, you know, like close enough for him to try to make that forward progression, if he has to kind of like do, he has to go forward and then go like that, 
then that's usually my ball because I'm in that position for more for the throw as opposed to them trying to turn all the way around and then make the throw. Mm -hmm. So just like that, you know, probably two or three feet in front of the base, you know, like that he kind of has the, he's me and Hunter, uh, my uh, catcher, he just kind of like loops around, you know, like and follows that ball. So yeah, if it comes, you know, like maybe probably like three feet in front, then I'll come and get it. So basically if, if he is having to rotate his body. Right. Uh, if he Whoever can... has the best forward momentum, essentially, without rotation, is always the best. Yeah, because it's that speed. Can you get that ball? Like, because usually that person can run up, pick up the ball, and chase down the person, you know? But, you know, like, if they have to get that ball and try to make that play, that's really hard sometimes. Yeah, I think sometimes pitchers have the tendency to, like, jump and uh, want to field a ball that, they just they don't have the proper angle the the catcher should call them off and take that ball because mm-hmm. they have to turn around to make the throw so so whoever has the forward momentum mm-hmm. with the least amount of turning your body yep between yes. pitcher catcher and third. third and third and a bump block if you have and it. a bump block but a bump block. block will always have to turn they will always mm-hmm. have to turn unless they're going home but yeah i mean really i don't even want my pitcher like trying to feel the ball unless it goes right to them Unless it's like, unless it's a hard push bunt where it's only like you have to take one to two steps in front of the pitcher. Yeah, because at that point you're kind of moving towards. Yeah, it really is. Do we want to go say like the mistake or the biggest mistake you make as a catcher? Sure. Because the. What do you I, think it is? I th- I still think it's that that mental like hardness to be able to go like I'm not throwing this ball because there's a person at third. You know, like that being able to read that situation and. Like, just suck it up. Be like, that person's going to get there, you know? Just, I guess it's also depending on if that out is the most important out. <laughs> because, you know, like, is that run the game-winning run? So it's just because that person is pretty much, like, that last player. <laughs> you know, like, that has to make that play. I think just fundamental-wise, though, if you're just looking at the basic for a catcher, um, the, maybe the two worst things you can do, one is not communicating. Like I said, when in doubt, most of the time catcher has the ball. So not communication, and they're just not picking up the ball. You know, sometimes it happens where it's just like fumbling at your fingers, just not getting ahead of yourself. I'd say the number one mistake that my catcher makes is he assumes people aren't going to bunt. So he'll, he'll literally just sit on his heels, you know? Like you have to be ready for anyone to bunt. Including including Paul and Simon. Yeah. That was, I mean, I've seen Paul get up there. Everybody takes a couple steps back. Yeah, I rarely see you bunt, Paul. And then he sneaks a bun in. I love it. But he sneaks sneaks a bun in because guess what? Everybody's just sitting there. Twiddling their thumbs. And they're just like, well, he's got a freebie. They're like, that fat guy is not going to try to bunt. (laughs) (laughs) You guys That that crippled guy's not going to bunt. Some other great comments that we did get from Facebook. Uh, Make sure you poop before the game. (laughs) Yeah. I've, I've heard family says he poops before every game. I do. I mean... Maybe. Like right so before. maybe it's more of who doesn't poop before yeah. the game. Yeah. Um, that person that person didn't poop before the game. So. When in doubt, get the ball back to the pitcher. Yeah. I said wear jorts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did um, not. My personal favorite was what would Cougar do? And then do the opposite. Thank you, Stacy. <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, be patient when kicking. Yep. Um, the old tired one that this is just a kid's game. Mm-hmm. Uh, watch the game before yours to mentally prepare. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty good. Guard your butthole from Hannah Blodgett. <laughs> that's another, another favorite. Uh, I'm curious. I'm curious as to how many buttholes. Have been Hannah blodgeted. <laughs> have been blodgeted. <laughs> Probably as many like I don't know. Hannah, how many? As many as players are on in the league. I don't know. <laughs> Thirty-six times ten. Uh, Hannah did throw in here. Never give up. That is one thing. So all, positive. All it. She is always positive. <laughs> well, nine innings is a long time, especially when you're like used to playing. Like other kickball leagues where it's five innings. I mean, nine innings or is... Or seven innings. City yeah, or, yeah, yeah, or seven innings. I mean, nine innings is a long it's a long time. All right. That's going to take us out of this one. I want to thank you guys for being on. Uh, hopefully everybody can get something from this. Until next time.
Peace out, guys. Cheers. Bye.